tonight on the Goblin's Corner. We're doing boss battles. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Quarter. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight? Boss battles, man. Yeah. This is going to be fun, right? Yes. We're going to do boss battles tonight, episode 50. But before we get to that, we've got a question of the week. That's right. So, uh, Matt, hit me up. What we got? They're after you. They being... They're on their way to your secret lair. Oh, I'm the bad guy. Yes. Of course I am. Pick a couple of genres. Okay. And tell me where your boss battle is. Well, if I was in a fantasy setting, it would definitely be in the center of a lava-filled caldera. Sure. Yeah, I mean... Because I'd be a red dragon. Yeah. Breathing fire with all of my jewels and everything, you know. And they'd come in and I'd fry them. Okay. And all of my kobold minions would gleefully whip out their traps, pickaxes, and various implements of destruction and proceed to, you know, make havoc. Yeah. That's what I would do personally. Right. Now, if we're talking about a cyberpunk esh style, then, like Shadowrun, mm-hmm. then I would have to say that my boss battle would definitely take place in an abandoned warehouse. I would be at least on the third floor, but it would be the scaffolding so you could see all the way up. Yeah. So when the heroes come in, or whoever it happens heroes, to be, right. heroes come in for Shadowrun, I would be the Mr. Johnson that had originally hired them, and now I'm yeah. betraying them. Ah, uh, now you see my minions, and thus begins the firefight. Yeah. The smell of cordite fills the room. Cordite, the sweet stench of burning flesh from the from the Powerball, and then the entire all of the dust smell as the building collapses from someone's urban renewal spell. Yes. Um, boss battle in a space opera probably would be some kind of throne room, like an imperial throne throne room. All right, all right. You know, my my chair would swivel. <laughs> Kind of, kind of Emperor Palpatine-ish? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'd have the whole cloak with the big lightsaber and stuff. You are mistaken about a great many things. And then we would begin to fight. Sure. It'd be delightful. All right, so those are three uh, typical boss battle layers. What yeah. about you? If I was going superhero. Oh, that's a good genre. I didn't think about that. I feel like I would want my evil boss lair to be on the moon. Yeah, you totally would. Yeah. That's... You'd be petting a, a bald cat? No. No? No. I'd not why bald? I'm not, you know. Just a I'm, cat. I'm not in Dr. General? Evil. It, yeah, I mean it would if it's me, right? I mean clearly. So are you going like old school moonraker with this, or are you going more more sci-fi-ish. I think... Um, like, Le- you Lex Luthering it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Just uh, cause a bunch of chaos down on the planet, and nobody knows I'm on the moon. Yep. And that's the way to do it, because you don't have to deal with any of the fallout. Makes perfect sense. You doing any other genres here? Sure. Let's do... Uh, if it... If it was a steampunk boss battle. Uh, definitely on the on the top of a Zeppelin. 
That would be mine, personally. Well, it would be on my giant Zeppelin fortress. Oh, I like that. Yeah, just a asininely large Zeppelin fortress. That's awesome. And it would be called Fortress Eclipse. Of course it would. Because it is so large, it blocks out the sun. And the fortress would have a mustache. Sure. I'm, like it like it should. Yeah. Does your fortress have a mustache? Or do you have a specific lair because you happen to be a boss of some sort? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com. Or you can reach me, Eric, at goblinscorner.com. Or me, Matt, at goblinscorner.com. And, of course, we're on all, all of, of the things. things. Literally now, all of the things at this point. So, let's go ahead and set this up. We're going to talk about boss battles tonight for episode 50, by the way. Yay, we've made it this far. Woo. And there's a couple of things that you need to know if you're tuning in just now about how to run an effective boss battle for your TTRPG of choice. It doesn't matter whether you're playing D&D, Shadowrun, or whatever that the newest flavor of the month is. Right. Boss battles kind of work the same in many different formats. Certainly thematically yes and and that's where we're going because we're going to give you that flavor but we're what's true flavor. nothing but flavor man so we're going to give you some flavor and uh from a thematics perspective and maybe even a literal yeah i mean there is like a ho we we did have an episode on how to host a game night that's true hosting a boss battle is definitely something that you should prepare for yeah. and we've got a couple of things for that as well so let's first off Let's talk a little bit about how do you set this boss battle up, Matt? The first thing you do is you provide foreshadowing. Ah, so even before the battle begins in your game, your players should know that a battle is coming, that they should have been setting up for the boss. Yep. So, you know, you provide some warnings, some clues, and... Give them, unless you're intentionally springing this battle on them, they should know. I agree with that. And there's a lot of ways you could provide this. So you can do like warnings. Yeah. You can do clues. Sure. You can beat them over the head literally by telling them, hey, you're up for a boss battle soon, <laughs> which, depending upon your players, may be necessary. Fair. And, and another thing that we should say is uh, downtime. Yes, too, which we'll get to in a second. But, but in in other words, you need to give some way for your players to know that hey, in a session or two or the next session, I'm going to be in for a major fight. Yes. Something else you should do is up your descriptive game. Right you you should describe the scenes, get flavorful and with what they're up against mm -hmm. just both scenically and for the character. Now this is something that we've talked about before in terms of like describing the scene. We talk about that a lot, but this can also ramp up to things like describing the armies that you may potentially clash with or have to sneak around to get to the boss talking about how much the world is at stake because it's, it's, you know, just a, couple of plucky heroes and their dog and they have to they have to solve this mystery before what well, going a little scooby doo yeah, on this yeah, you know? no. whatever we you know little whatever mystery the, of the week action yeah. mystery of the week whatever it happens to be you know it may be a, a series you know so describing 
the horrors that you may potentially encounter that will rack your mind and assault your psyche because you're playing Cthulhu of some sort. Sure. Any flavor of the week or Shadow of the Demon Lord, which also works as well. Right. So yeah, so descriptions are great. Now, it also, in terms to like foreshadowing, it's not just about characters, but it's also, and I want you to go into this a little bit, about the gear as well. Yeah, you're you're going into a boss battle with 50,000 gold in your pocket. You're doing this wrong. Yeah, you better you better you load up. You have failed this exam. You better get some weapons, you know, some magic armor, a talking swords, at least some trail rations, a bar of soap, anything, really. Everything. Everything. Every, I I need chalk. You better be loaded up, man. I need a bag of flour. A candle. An old priest and a young priest, whatever it takes yes. to defeat this boss. And you know, if it's not that flavor, did you double check how much ammo you have? Do you really want to run out of bullets in a firefight? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking no. Or arrows. Or, yeah. I mean, C4. C12. Or C12, if you're playing Shadowrun, <laughs> sure. Or, you know, get that latest cybernetic upgrade, chummer. Yeah. It. This and is, did you this and is, did you get your extra dilithium crystals? Because you know they always break in the middle always, of a damn battle. Every, every time, get an extra replicator while you're at it too. Dilithium crystals are made out of like paper mache and, and Lego, Lego blocks and paper mache, yeah. and they just break at the drop of a hat. And they and keep it, them stored in oven. And it takes <laughs> it, it takes at least two Scotsmans to fix it. So just consider that when you're when you're. Getting ready for Did that you bumper. get a spare Scotsman? That's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely worth the purchase. <laughs> Go down and get a Scotsman at some point. So think about that. Um, and we mentioned downtime. Let's go a little bit into that as well. Like This is a perfect time before the game for the characters to train. Yeah. Get their affairs in order. Yeah, write their will. <laughs> I mean, to some extent, right? Like, if, if they have... NPC connections and all of that sort of thing. Maybe go ahead and tie up some of those loose ends. Do a couple of side quests. Get a little bit of extra eeps. Or, as you mentioned, buy a bunch of crap. Or figure out some kind of lore so that they can easily defeat the big bad instead of having to fight and lose half their party. Exactly. While everybody else is out getting crazy shit... I'm going to go hunt Strahd with a decanter of endless water because vampires take damage from moving water and I basically have an acid gun now because I'm evil. And they nerfed that in fifth, by the way. No, they did not. You have to do it every round now. You have to say the command word every round. Okay. Oh, so you don't care anyway. You (laughs) You just could be like... I have to pull the trigger every round too. I don't care. Fair enough. All right. I'm down with that. It's not like it used to be, though. You just turn it on and set it and forget yeah. it, and the next thing you know, you have a swamp. Yeah, no, no, that's true. Come but. back two weeks later, there's there's people who are like, Ooh, welcome to the bayou. <laughs> like, damn, this is a damn, goddamn desert beforehand. Yes, alligator barbarians. Yeah, I need them. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody needs an alligator barbarian. Okay, so we've set the boss battle up. We've given them some indications of what to do. What's the next step? Oh, you're going to have to run the boss battle. Mm-hmm. It's true. So what you're going to think about to begin with is, let's start with setting the scene, right? Do you have any visual aids? Boss battles, even if you normally play theater of the mind, 
boss battles are a great time to either set up a huge terrain build or just make sure you have a map. That's correct, yeah. Because usually there are, there's mechanically more things going on, right? You might have pit traps, you might have cover or places where for line of sight and being able to see those clearly can make a boss battle or break one if you've got a whole lot of moving parts. Yeah, I agree with this because most boss battles aren't like a typical encounter. You may have, you know, you may have like a, you know, like five or 10 or 15 even in an encounter, but a boss battle tends to have, if you're playing D&D, it's got lair actions yep. or special effects of some sort. You know, like if you're playing some other type of game, they may have abilities that typical encounters may not have. There's going to be a lot more minions probably because you're assaulting the main thing. You're going after the, you know, going after the boss, right? Right. And, and there's a lot of stuff involved. And so it's really easy if, especially if you're not used to really going into descriptions and you, like you said, the, even theater of the mind, people can only hold a certain amount of info in their heads. Yeah. So and I think, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all about some fizz reps on that. Even a whiteboard works. Yeah. Just something that provides a clear picture of what you're working with. You are here. All of the loot is there. You have to get to here through him to get to that. Right. So visual aids are great. Now, music, I would say, is another exemplary example of something that you should strive for. 100%. I, and you can do your music based off of what game you're playing. Sure. Right? I, for me, if we were playing Shadowrun and we were having a like a full firefight, us versus Oliver and Raku, stuff like, you know, Maybe a little 90s industrial. I could see that, yeah. little KMFDM or something. Just, a little Utah Saints going on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or you could always go with a little, uh, little high-speed techno industrial. I could always get behind that. Yeah. Uh, what would you do for World of Darkness? I mean, you could go for some kind of cinematic type music, so you could maybe borrow from from some movies and TV. You could even go, I wouldn't, maybe some of the uh, faster paced classical tunes if you wanted. Or you could honestly go right back to the industrial music. It is World of Darkness. Well, fair. You could do uh, something just like high and ethereal, just, or Gregorian chants just in the background mm-hmm. set over uh, techno. Or some kind know. of classical techno type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or you could just hit some hardcore rock. Sure. It's really, and and by the way, these are just a couple of examples. Uh, We have an entire episode on being a good host and music and sound and visual aids. All of this stuff is part of that as well. So go look that up. Sure. Now, we mentioned props. They're encouraged. And I think having at least bare minimum, as you mentioned, a map and maybe some, some pieces to represent the player characters and the big bad and whatever minions would be good right. and if you're on a tight budget understand print it out right just go to your library grab some chess pieces yeah anything grab it doesn't some, we've used my kids blocks we have like tiny little blocks that they're like one inch blocks perfect for a medium-sized creature or you know the big letter blocks if you need a bigger creature or it, dice yeah i mean if you've got a lot of dice and who and why wouldn't you 
then use the dice. There you go. You don't have to build all of the delightful things that we have in in, in the studio here, you know, that I've spent most most of, yeah, yeah, all the stuff that I've spent time, you know, building. You can just use whatever you have on hand. Or, like you said, just write some stuff down on paper. Just something people can see. Get thematic with it, too. And what we mean by that is go theater of the mind. Like, get descriptive. Get all of that. This is the time to ham it up. Yeah. This is not time to like, you know, re and now now if you're not good at just rolling with it off the cuff, write some stuff down. You know that they're gonna roll in. Yep. You know that sooner gonna be or later a, they're gonna deal with this person. There's gonna be a showdown. Yeah. You know? If it's high noon, ham it up. If it's in some kind of dark tunnel, let them know. Like get that description out there. And you can start working on your boss battle at the start of a campaign. Sure. If you know who your who the big bad is. Yeah. If you're if you're one of those people who you've got, you know, multiple ideas of who the big bads might be over the course of the campaign, go ahead and set the stuff up. 100% write the monologue form if you're going to be, you know, if they're that kind of bad guy. You know, some some people just like an audience. Yeah. Just nail that monologue plagiarize it and you know do whatever you need to do to get your characters your players in the mood to fight a boss battle get descriptive with it encourage them to write maybe something that they might say to the boss as well you know some kind of i mean you know tv and movies are filled with a whole bunch of you know punchy little one-liners and stuff like that have them write some one-liners down as they're fighting the boss battle how cool is that sure i do you really on the off chance that one of your character dies, or the on chance if you know that they've done something stupid and assaulted this guy early, mm-hmm. do you really want your last words to be like, oh, yeah? No. no. I'm the, you got to be wittier than that, You're not going to put that on my tombstone. Yeah, so think about some of that stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about minions in a boss battle while you're running this. Because you've got your own theories about minions. and And it should be noted that this is from, again, coming from a storyteller's perspective right. more than a mechanic's side. But I think this makes perfect sense, and I'd like you to talk about that. Okay. My personal way that I run min- minions for boss battles is this. Minions are there to achieve a specific purpose. Yep. They have exactly as many hit points as it takes to allow them to hit their story points and they have exactly as many spell slots as it takes for them to achieve their story points it's they live until they're no longer useful to the story that's it now if you've got one little meat shield minion and all of your players decide to just latch onto that one let it die like even if it even if it's not performing the story function you wanted it to perform it ought to die yeah it can't have unlimited hit points kind of i mean there are ways to achieve that and it, but, and it depends, but it's no fun and it depends the type of game that you're playing too so sure if if you're going over the top extreme someone gets cut they get sepsis and die type game and there's there's some out there that you know they play very like gritty and realistic right. then 
you might end up having harder battles, yeah. but you may also have, also have fewer minions too at that point because you know that you get shot, you're done. Right. One shot, you're done. If you're playing something like high fantasy, you know, we'll go D&D for this, you know, they may have a lot of hit points, they may not. It really just, it really, like, how much fun are the characters having in the battle? Don't make it a total party kill unless you told them it's going to be if they don't do the following things. Now, if they didn't get the magic items, do the training, and they, you know, Mr. Magood their way through this encounter. Yeah, if they if they ignored all warning signs, I am not a DM that sets out for total party kills. Mm-hmm. But if I've provided you literally dozens of story clues up to this point, or even flat out told you, the prophecy states if you do not have the sword of sun and moon, you will surely die. And you decide to try this guy without having gone and gotten the sword of sun and moon. That's your own fault. Bye. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> you're you're SOL, buddy. <laughs> you were warned. Now, if they die, talking about thematics here, let them ham it up. Yeah, give them give them you know a death monologue. Let them let them do a little performance if they want. Let them spit in the monster's eye when, before they croak. You know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, and you know, depending on how quick and loose you want to play with any given game rules or anything. Give them a reaction. Give them an action. Who can give them a round to just you know blow their wad of spells or you know rage for as long as they want. You know it. You could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You don't have to, but again, whatever fits thematically with your game. Look, these rules are meant to be just rules until they stop being fun rules. Right. And there's nothing to say you can't lighten the rules for dramatic tension to make the game more interesting. And just because because you can, right? I mean, if it's it's a game, guys, it's not reality. Yeah. If your so. barbarians raged up, and they're like, "Oh, that was it. I'm dead." You don't have to give them an explanation. You just look at them and say, "Right now, your rage is carrying you." Hmm. You get a full round next round. Yeah. And if you feel like it, yep, your rage still got you. You, you get, get a full be, round next you, round. You get to be epic for a round or so. Go yeah, for it. Just do what you got to do. Now they could, they could trade. Oh, you could trade death saves for actions. I like that. And just if you if you want to cut it close, or if you're just willing to go ahead and burn the candle at both ends and be like, "I'm gonna die," but I'm gonna get three rounds of just murder or burning magic to stay alive. There's a lot of sure. this man is like just his meat has all just been shot to pieces and all of cybernetics is the only thing that's keeping him moving. Yeah. Just gun is aimed. He's walking half because he's only got like half a leg left and stuff. Yeah. There's all kinds of dramatic and fun things you can do. Have fun with it. Now, Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about traps. Because there's we love traps. Well, I mean. It's it's required. It it really is. So one of the things you got to keep in mind with a boss battle is that there's a lot of flavors of traps, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've got your your bog standard damage trap. Yeah. So I jump in, get ready to face the evil dragon, and the cave falls in. Yeah. Or a razor 
or buzzsaw comes just wailing across the floor. Just right in the face. Yep. There you go. And then it disappears back into the wall or the floor. And you hear clicking. Yep. Oh. <laughs> and that's that's my campaign most of the time. Yeah, so damage traps are useful in that regard. Sure. But you also have battlefield control. And battlefield control can be something innocuous like a hidden pit that they step through. Or it could be something... What? I, I love how you consider a <laughs> giant hidden pit innocuous. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a hidden pit. That's all. It could be something that they can clearly see, which is like a column. Yeah. Not just, you know, maybe not one that doesn't even fall. I know we have it written down that, you know, like a stone column's falling from the ceiling. But it could initially be a problem with the terrain itself. So maybe... The boss is hiding behind a column, and then the column becomes a pit because they've been shooting magic at it, and now it collapses the whole ceiling. Sure. I, I'm just going back to stuff that we've experienced, yeah. being murder hobos before. It could be something that separates the party. Yes. Now, that you want to you wanna put some fear into your character's hearts? Team Portcullis. Yeah. Yeah, throw a Portcullis or a wall of iron or a wall of force. Any any walls are great. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be magical. It can literally drop out of the ceiling mm-hmm. or rise up from the floor for that matter. It could be anything, really. Yeah. Sharks. Yes. With freaking laser beams. Beholder sharks. Beholder sharks could, in fact, be the trap. So think about how you can separate the party for added tension. And again, this isn't to kill the characters off unless that's your intention. It's to create dramatic tension for the fight, if it's going too easy for your players and they're just like, ah, this guy's, you know, not really very interesting. This is a sucky boss battle. Turn up the heat. Yeah. Even, maybe even literally have like, you know, some fire, fire traps roasting them from below. The whole damn floor is on fire or lava or the floor is lava. The floor is in fact lava. You could have, and I love this one that you put in debilitating traps. Yeah, man. Things that make people weaker or stun them or remove their abilities to continue doing what it is that they do. Anti-magic fields. Yes. Really suck with boss battles. And if you're interested, we have, again, going back, an entire episode on building better traps, being a bastard. You, too, can be a bastard by building better traps. Go listen to that. We've got a whole bunch of different ideas on trap building in general. But these are some just a couple of ideas to kind of up the game with that boss battle. It doesn't have to just be hordes of minions or an evil lich doing a monologue in the middle of a, you know, of a catacomb. Sure. But you got to love a good monologue. <laughs> I, look, I love monologue when it comes to boss battles. I, I'm going to prepare every single monologue for every boss battle I can. But here's something we haven't talked about yet. The boss himself? The actual boss. Sure. What's, what's talking to me about the boss? This is a boss battle. The battle should tell the story of the boss. In what way? If you've got a boss that is a mastermind. Okay. They are not going to engage our intrepid hobos without minions. Oh, yeah, because that's just not how they fight. They're right. not going to leap in like a barbarian. Right. But if you've got a giant, arrogant red dragon in his caldera of flame, 
He might have some kobolds who are basically worshiping him, but he's not going to have an elite military force to protect him. He is the thing that people attempt to get protection from. That's a good point. I mean, he's, he's just, immune to fire. He's just going to splash some lava on you and call it, it a day. He, she, they, whatever. They're going all in. Yeah. On you. So the the tactics that your boss is, the that your boss uses should reflect the person that that boss is. Yep. And it also matters according to the environment that you're encountering the boss in as well. So the boss will often use or should use the environment to their best advantage. And what I mean by that, we go back to the red dragon, right? right. You're in the middle of a volcano. There's molten lava where he's going to throw some lava on you. Why? Red dragon. Hurt him. Yeah. He, red dragon going to give a damn. He's going to just throw some lava. Lava ball. Yeah. Lava ball. Let's all get soaked. <laughs> Toss it on you. Just breathe some fire. In it. He's just mm. swimming in it. You know, he's got some lava soap. He's good. But you guys may have a bit more of a problem, right? Unless your characters have protection from fire or whatnot. Right. In which case, you know, you're good. So they well, might then you only take half, half damage, half damage yeah, from sure. the lava shower. So, and, and, and again, depending upon what kind of boss it is and game you're playing, they may have actions like lair actions, yeah. special abilities that they get because they're in their environment. They might get just the natural hazards of the terrain. So again, lava or if you're in an abandoned building, then there might be like tools and weapons or even just pieces the of roof. Yeah. The roof just fall caves in or they push pieces of it in. Yeah. There's anywhere you go. Almost there are natural hazards. I mean, unless you're on a Sandy beach in a beautiful location where there are literally no rocks around. Now you're throwing sand in people's eyes. Then no, fair. There's always something. There's something. Yeah, I'm just got some sand in your eye and kicking the shins. And and speaking of which, you should encourage your players to make use of the environment through subtle hints or, again, being overt by beating them over the head with it. Sure. If the boss is using the environment against you, you should also feel free to use the environment against the boss. Take your red dragon, for example, mm -hmm. right? They're doing their hot tub thing, slinging lava somebody looks at the red dragon they're like cone of cold how's that extra five thousand pounds that you're stuck in for a couple of rounds gating gating the elemental plane of water in for a brief moment yes that's a great way of, you know just anything that will turn the lava that they're luxuriating in into solid stone for a round or two is a terrible inconvenience oh yeah and the pcs of course can be inconvenienced by it as well but I would say as a storyteller or GM or DM, you should encourage your characters to make use of it and maybe even give them extra loot or experience or whatnot with that. So a lot of fun ideas that we can play with the environment. Now, we're going to get to the aftermath in just a moment. After these messages, we have messages. This episode brought to you by... Hi everyone, I am Gamer Mom Luna. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tavern. I have an amazing group of guests with me today and I... What? Huh. Well, Chad has just informed me that this is actually a pre-recorded podcast ad and not our usual live stream. Since you're here, let me tell you what I'm talking about. 
Tales from the Tavern is a weekly roundtable discussion that is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Actually, it's a live audience at twitch.tv forward slash shared underscore experience. Each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, I host a new group of guests where we talk about our experiences with tabletop RPGs and sometimes drift into other nerdy topics like dice, cosplay, video games, and conventions, back when those existed. Chat asks all the questions, so it's a new conversation each week. We can also be found in Ears Edition. We edit our streams for podcasts, so if you can't catch us live, you can still enjoy the conversation. You can find us on most podcatchers at Tales from the Tavern Ears Edition. We hope to see you at the tavern soon. This is a commercial break. If you guys would like to hear us review something like a product or service, or if you'd like us to cover something like a topic, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, we'd love to hear from you and have you contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. So write to us and maybe we'll talk to you. Maybe not. And we're back. Welcome back. Now, we were talking about boss battles. We've gone into setting up the boss battle with delicious snacks and visual aids. And now we've gotten into how to thematically run a boss battle somewhat. Yeah. And what's what's after that? Well, obviously, you... Funerals. Yes, because all the characters have died. But assuming they haven't... And they've defeated the boss. Now we've got the aftermath. What kind of shenanigans can we get into on the aftermath, Matt? Well... First thing you got to do is you got to look at your story points, right? The big bad's gone. If this is a continuing campaign, what fills their spot, right? Like you've you've created a vacuum whether it's in a fantasy setting, right? And the apex predator that was in the area is now gone, what moves in to take its place? Or if you're shadow run and you somehow managed to wipe out Rinraku. And and you should. Sure, but let's say you succeeded. Oh, now. Somehow. Now you know somebody is going to attempt to rush technology is going to be rolling in. Well, yeah, but you've, you've already got three or four big players, right? Who takes the spot of the hole that is there now? So what we are talking about is repercussions. Yes. And you should have this somewhat figured out. You don't have to, but it's 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 a good idea as a storyteller to kind of dive into a what-if scenario beforehand if the players... Because we would assume that the players would defeat the big bad. Now, if they don't, what's going to happen repercussion-wise that way as well? But if you're running a story and you know it's for the players, it is collaborative storytelling. Right. You got this epic battle. You kind of want them to win unless... It's just not that kind of game. Right. So think about what's after this. So power vacuum is definitely something. What else do we have? You should have an epilogue planned, especially if this is the boss at the end of the campaign. Sure. Right. Tell tell the story. Like roll the, the 80s movie credits where you see every character and what, they've, what they're up to in five, ten years or whatever. Oh, yeah, because this could be a, a chapter in your campaign as well. Maybe leading up to another boss battle or a different story arc. And so having that epilogue is very useful in that now you've summed up this part of the story and you can move on to either other things or this opens up new side quests. Yeah. If this is just 
a big bad instead of the big bad. You can also, like, you've got downtime, possibly. Yeah. And then, what do your characters do in their downtime? Like, give them, give your players an opportunity to see what normal life is like if they're interested. Before you toss flying monkeys at them once again. Yes. Okay. So, an epilogue is a good idea. Now, obviously, loot is something that often characters acquire massive amounts yes. when rolling into a caldera with a dragon throwing fireballs. There had better be loot. There better be some damn loot. So, but it may not be magic or gold. It could also be plot hooks, which could be awesome. Reputation, because you just well, def- sure. defeated the dragon. Yeah. Uh, some kind of item that you could use for lore. Yeah, if it's... Uh- a statue, right? Like a giant. It could be stone. It doesn't have to be gold or anything like that. In fact, gold melts at a relatively low temperature. Maybe not the best loot for a red dragon. Sure. And a volcano. But uh, what if that is the statue from a lost religion? And now you go and do the research on... What the heck is this statue? Oh, okay, well, he had to get it. The dragon had to get it from somewhere. What do we know about the dragon, and where has the dragon been? Yep, it could also be something like a boon from a deity, or maybe even the there is an inherent magic of the place, and that the, because the characters defeated the dragon or they ate its heart, now they have fire resistance or something like that. There's a lot of different things you could give off to characters in addition to just standard gold and magic items. Yeah. Give them some abilities. You could even give them, you know, uh, modifiers or luck points or inspiration. There's, you know, you can reward players with all kinds of stuff. But this is a great time, as you mentioned, to interject these things, whether it's artifact or story or what have you. Plot twist. The red dragon was an evil. And you guys killed him. Now what happens now? Well, he was protecting an ancient evil, and this ancient evil is now unleashed upon the world. Good luck. So uh, now we know how the evil fire elemental from the Temple of Elemental Evil escaped into the world. Got popped out, yeah. You you let the the red dragon, let him free. You killed the red dragon. Every time. Now one thing I like is uh, that we put down is player characters and uh, NPCs and such. This is a great time to introduce people who want to come into the game yeah. right after a boss battle. So if you've got someone that wants to join your campaign, make up a character, there you go, or throw some NPCs in there. And we didn't mention this, but I should note also like followers or alkalites for your PCs. That's a great thing to award them as well. 100%. You, you now have made enough of a name for yourself that You've got fans. You took down an arcology, chummer. You're known all over the net. May not be a good thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> but your services now come with a higher price tag. Well, there's that. <laughs> and of course, we would assume you would award experience or karma or whatever that happens to be, or even just ability stats, level them up. Something right. is going to be got from defeating this boss battle. All sorts of rewards can come from it, and just have a little imagination with it. Sure. Right? Don't just 
oh, you found a giant bag. It was filled with exactly 40,000 gold. Bye. That's that's boring. Give him something else. Now, it should be noted that after all of this is said and done, don't immediately jump into the next boss battle. Yeah. You could, but we don't recommend it. Because if this is as epic as you had it planned, you don't want to desensitize the characters with another boss battle. Give them some time. Everyone's watched the TV shows where they have a big boss battle, season finale, and then the first, what, two or three episodes, they're doing some dumb shit. Yeah. Just, you know, they're, they're, they're like going out on a date. Sure. You know, we're doing something normal for a change. And then what is it, like an episode or two in, then everything goes haywire once again, and they're back into something else. Right. This is a perfect time for downtime. Yeah. For training, uh, training up some skills or or doing like doing some small side quests, some comic relief. Yeah. Comic relief would be great for this. Battle of the bands, man. A battle of the bands or a dance off, you know, whatever it whatever it happens to be, that could also become a boss battle, a dance off. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on your campaign, guys. Character arcs is also a fun thing to do. So you could explore specific character stories. Maybe they've got uh, a backstory that they want to look into. Perfect time to do it is after a boss battle. Yeah. Just check in on the fam. How's mom and dad doing? How's mom the and dad farm? Do? Yeah, I just sent all this gold. What's mom doing? With right. it? What What are they doing? Why do they keep asking for mom, money? Mom bought a condo. What? <laughs> what do you mean she's living in Zalargo with a gnome named <laughs> how, Raul? How dare you? How dare you, mom? Reputations is another cool thing you can consider. So what happens after you've defeated? We talked about repercussions and reputations a bit. And and what happens after you've defeated the ba- big bad, right? Yeah. You might roll in a town and be a hero. You might roll in a town and be spit on. It really depends on the town. And whether or not you let the elder evil out. Yeah. yeah. You know, or if it catches wind, you can blame it on somebody else. Give them that deserved downtime. Let them recover from the boss battle. Let them heal up, level up, do whatever they need to do. Have some fun with it. Do some comic relief. And then move on to the next story arc. Or if this is the last one in your campaign, celebrate it. Pour some drinks. Yeah, get some drinks. All right. So these are a couple of things that we've come up with in terms of aftermath for a boss battle. Now, we've got some quick and dirty rules that you and I have come up with, Matt. And it's some of them. These are not the end all be all by any stretch. They're quick and dirty. Yeah. Literally, we wrote these right before the show. So. Let's talk about these. These are some things that we think work really well for you, for your game. Doesn't matter what game, it works. Right. So first off, and and I would say that this first one actually is definitely a rule. Yes. Yeah, it, it should be. It should be. This fight is for the players, not you. The DM, GM, storyteller, what have you, can always win. So remember that. Yeah. Again, we're playing collaborative storytelling. This isn't something where, oh, game over, now you got to make roll new characters. If if they're clearly bumbling their way through this campaign, give them a little bit of leeway. I mean, if 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 they just messed up and they deserve to die, then yeah, let them die. But I mean, this is something that you should not actively pursue. The intent is to have fun. And it's not fun if your character if you kill all your characters, unless the intent is to do a ghost walk campaign or come back as a bunch of 
you know, vengeful sin eaters or something like that. In which case, by all means, kill them all off. Right. That's how you start that campaign. That's how you start sin eaters, man. Come back pissed off, ready to ready to party. But and you know, if if your players ask for a hell a hell grinder campaign, right? Like if they are just like, no, this is us versus you. I've got five character sheets ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then okay, that's that's what they're in for. They they signed up for it. Be as ruthless as you want to be. Don't be dumb because then it's not a game, right? right. Oh, rocks fall, everybody dies. Next character sheet. No. no, that's no fun. But if players want to play on hard mode, let them. Sure. Make it interesting, make it scary, and make it fun. Boss battles should be, first off, should be interesting. It shouldn't just be another encounter. It should be, it should have enough fear factor in it that the players may think that they're going to lose their characters. I mean, because otherwise, why have it? Then it's just another encounter. Just another encounter. If if there's no worry whatsoever, it's just an encounter. And all of the things we just said about ramping up dramatic tension, whether it's traps, minions, or just lowering the lights and throwing some evil music on, help. Yeah. Make it, it makes that emotional connection with your players. Thirdly, describe, 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 describe everything describe the floor describe the ceiling let them know mentally what their options are what they're seeing but just as importantly what is the you know what's the flavor of this whole thing this this is the golden rule man describe the scene you got to because they're not going to be able to see it right it's in your head unless you're a dope-ass artist which does not apply to me at all, so I have to use the words. So if you got, yeah, you got it. You must use the exact words. <laughs> yes. So yeah, describe the scene. Plan it out. If you're uncomfortable with coming up with stuff on the fly, you want this to be a momentous occasion. So go all out on this. Yeah. Just draw the maps. Do a. Literally, if you're going to have minions and stuff like that, make a plan for them. On round one, the caster menu does X. Mm-hmm. The fighter menu uh, minion does X. The priest minion does X. The werewolf minion does X. Right? And just do that for a couple of rounds within reason. Most games, when you have like a an encounter that I've been in usually are like what five six rounds at the most and then things generally it's it's okay they're gonna kill off this guy now or this this character is gonna get she's gonna get blown away right Right. but but with a boss battle you could be doing this all night it's possible and so you need to have some actions planned out for this because if you don't then you're gonna be fumbling and remember we want to make sure that the combat is interesting enough so that People don't get bored, walk off, go have a cigarette or something. You want them to be engaged. And it's tough to keep people's attention unless you make this stuff dramatic. So planning this stuff out means you don't have to think on the fly. Yeah. It's that simple. And then we have, uh, this is this is going to get crunchy, right? Like there's going to be a lot of dice. There's going to be a lot of numbers. There's going to be a lot of mechanics, depending on what game you're playing, obviously. Yes. How can you remove some of the more boring aspects of that 
So this could be something where initiative is quick or combat is quick. One of the things that sometimes helps is setting a timer mm. so that people don't sit there and, and dicker around with combat. If you've got a lot of players, which sometimes our games, we have up to eight, nine players sometimes, which yeah. is a lot. It is. And combat can last for hours. And so setting a timer helps with that. Or even just, again, maybe you have those written down actions for the NPCs, for the minions, so that you don't have to think. It says, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. If this happens, they're going to do this. Speed it up. Again, dramatic tension. Or even just fudge it. Yep. You don't have to roll all the time. They're just going to do that. They're going to hit on this. They automatically hit on a 12 or whatever, right? Yeah. There's there's no need for math. Yeah. yeah you know, have fun with this. And every dice roll is yes or no. Yeah. You could, for, you, could literally, you could literally flip a coin on some of the stuff and it would be just fine. So long as it's fair to the players. Right. If you've got a character that has invested everything they can into their armor class, then, okay, maybe you've got to flip the coin twice to hit them. Yeah, so that would be disadvantage yeah. to attack that person. Make sure that if it if character death does happen, and we mentioned this already, make it dramatic. Give them that chance to flip the bird one last time. Spit in the monster's eye. Exactly. Spit blood in his Spit eye. Spit blood in his eye and die. <laughs> make sure people are involved in this battle. They can't don't you know take don't take away their cell phones, but like Make sure they're not checking Facebook while this is going on. Yeah, they, they need now, to be dialed in. Now, if they're watching this show, we're fine with that. But if they're not watching this show, they should not be. You should, no, they shouldn't be watching the show while they're doing a boss battle either. They should be engaged in what's going on. You can watch our show. It's yes, fine. Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm fine with that. Your DM says it's fine. Yeah. Otherwise, you run the risk of people not paying attention, and then you have to over-explain stuff again. Again, this is why we say describe, 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 because... We don't want people to say, what? I don't understand. Because then you have another 15-minute discussion of what's going on. And if they're not paying attention, guess what? It's going to take even longer. The boss targets the person whose phone is in their hand. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I like that. I'm just saying, like that's, that's the way to keep people on their toes. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, they're going to work out, right? It's negative reinforcement, but... <laughs> it's reinforcement this yeah it seems like every time i pick up my phone he fucking hits me what's this about uh -huh. ah, you finally caught on and again this is why visual aids help yes and audio stuff and all the other stuff to, to draw people in theater of the mind yep celebrate when they're done yeah yep. break open some beer or your favorite drink of choice yeah saber a bottle of champagne or not. If you don't know how to savor a bottle of champagne, then don't do, do not it. Do not savor, savor the bottle, bottle of champagne. champagne. Now, just pour a mixed drink. Have a glass of milk if you don't drink. I don't know what else people do who coffee, don't drink. Man. Coffee, Of course. Yeah. Yeah, have some coffee. Go out to dinner. Bronze your character sheets. Do yeah. whatever you need to do. I want a bronze character sheet. I feel like you don't understand <laughs> how bronzing works. Shh. Don't tell me that. <laughs> And finally, <laughs> I'm just going to bring you a sheet of bronze one day and just be like, there you go. There's a bronze character sheet. You can't prove otherwise. It could be engraved. How dare you? And yeah, so maybe not bronzed. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll argue that some other episode, but, but find some ways 
overall, you know, celebrate, have fun. This is a momentous occasion. You've defeated the big bad, right? You should do something. Have that epilogue planned. You should maybe give, have them write the epilogue together. Yeah, you oh, should cool give everybody be? a Goblin's Corner t-shirt. You should give everybody a Goblin's That's Corner That's how you celebrate the end of a campaign right there. Absolutely. So, again, a couple of rules that we have for you to run a boss battle. Hopefully, you've enjoyed these. And if you haven't, well, too bad. Oh, you actually, one of the things you put was make a poster. I think that's a dope idea. Like a, a all, group character poster? Yeah, hire an artist to get all, or if one of your players is an artist or you are, make a big poster. Have it on the wall. Print it out for all your friends. Yeah. How cool would that be? Make some custom dice. Do yeah. a painting. I don't know. Take a photo. Whatever, whatever <laughs> it means. Do whatever, right? Have fun with this is the whole point. We're all having fun in this game, and that's what's important. Yeah. Do you have another idea you'd like to run by us that maybe we didn't cover in boss battles? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, matt at goblinscorner.com. We're in all the things. We have Goblins Corner for our Twitter feed. We have The Goblins Corner for in- Instagram. We have Goblins Corner for Facebook. We're also on Pinterest Goblins Corner. We're at goblinscorner.com. And we have Goblins Corner for Twitch. And yes, please go to goblinscorner.com where you can acquire delightful merchandise by T Public. It's true. In fact, there's a there's not there's a go? coffee mug right behind you from T Public. It's behind me. There we go. But doesn't kill you. Gives you eeps. Yep, it's true. We're also wearing T Public shirts, but you can't tell we're rambling. <laughs> You're rambling. I'm always rambling. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric and I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this is, in fact, a subterranean production. Your voice is so low. <laughs>